Welcome to another Herd App Productions on the Wired we'll Access Podcast. I'm your host, DJ KDF Omaha. To my left, I have we'll one of the Wired Access experts here in the local area, David Gardner. To his left, we have the head coach of Omaha, Brian Bears, Galen Gully. And then I got my co-host, Brian Southworth of Wired Training. Fellas, welcome to the show. Man, am I stoked to talk about from where it began to where we are today, especially with high school sports. It's one of my favorite things. But I think, Brian, you're a guy who knows how this goes. When you play for a team and then you get to live a dream later and try to coach that team, kind of changes the aspect and, and gives you more pride to be that coach. But, of course, we got to start. You're graduated from Omaha, yep. Brian. Yep. Talk about one of the biggest struggles you experienced as a player and one of the biggest things that you feel you overcame and showed people that you were the man? Um, the biggest struggles I think was, you know, going to Brian, Brian was, you know, it's kind of like a small town, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit different. I mean, it's kind of out the way of everyone, even though we're considered, you know, Omaha public schools is in Bellevue, but um, it was just trying to get guys there. Um, you know, we had some friends who, weren't neighborhood kids from Brian and we're trying to get guys there. And, but we overcame that with the, you know, with, with the neighborhood kids that we got from Telly Mason to Ethan Montavo, who was a neighborhood kid. Jake Maslow was a neighborhood kid and then end up getting DK Augustine um, with Sam Bongleman and Tyree. I mean, and then we pretty much made the most of it and kind of, you know, create our own pathway, you know, create our own way um, for each other. So, and when you're talking about your high school, what was the furthest you guys made it? I know you got in the playoffs. Yep. Um, so my sophomore year, we lost in the semifinals. Junior year, we lost in the semifinals. And then um, our senior year, we lost in the in the champion state championships. And who was that verse? Uh, Central. Central. Was, so yep. we all know Central. Yeah. We all know. the. So what he's telling you right here, and this is the <laughs> hardest thing with Omaha public schools in different areas, is you're counting on the kids in the area that want to come to Bryant. So that's the first hard Mm -hmm. part and hurdle, right? You get through that. You get to play the top team central Mm -hmm. who was year after year after year dynasty. What did you feel in that game that you can take and add to the fire of what you do today? Um, It's just, you know, where we came from, you know, and no offense to no disrespect to central, but they're they're They were really good school. I mean, I mean, they just had talent just coming from, anywhere and you know coach barons had that talent and and made the most of it and it was a really good coach but you know for us we kind of play with the chip on our shoulder and you know something to prove you know and a lot of people hear about omaha brian you know they kind of you know, kind of give us the, the weird look a little bit but you know we we had we put brian on the map for for for, for a long time and a lot of people before us like matt colliver and brandon magruder you know um they paved the way for us and you know we just had to try to you know take it to the next level and of course, David, you were a part of just watching some of these athletes grow up um, and come through the system. What's some things that you remember about those Brian teams, especially how they finished on his senior year of getting to that championship? Well, you know, I, I remember I remember Coach Gully specifically, um, you know, was a, just a great player, great three point shooter, um, good at getting to the basket. Uh, you, DK Augustine, uh, he's your assistant now right mm-hmm. yep staff. yep uh-huh so there was a uh, just a good core of people of coach you had you had coach cannon at the time yep. um which i'm sure he probably attributes some success to 
So there was a, his teams are always well coached. So you look at the pace of play, um, the ability to get to the basket, you know, just athletic, athletic young men. And, you know, I was telling Kendall I, when I was texting him a story, because I remember that at the time you had got injured too, mm-hmm. going yep. to that state championship, yep. right? Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of a cool story. Yeah. I don't know if you want to yep. share. That was a really cool story. Um, we were playing against Creighton Prep uh, in the semifinals, and I don't, I'd don't, i made some move, and one of their guards ended up reaching, and we kind of bumped heads a little bit. Um, I kind of went out for a little bit, and then we went into overtime is when I came back, ended up winning that game, and then we end up watching film after the semifinals game. We go to P- our Spaghetti Works um, for a team dinner, and next thing you know, I just felt my eye just swell up, and it was just – close shut and then I remember you know calling my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife um called her and uh my mom and I was like mom I don't know what I can do for tomorrow I can't see anything like that and they end up coming up from Omaha um at about 4 a.m we end up going to the emergency room and and they did some tests and see my vision and things like that my vision was good but I kind of lied and said I was able to see, you know, to play. Uh, and okay, then, so, so you're hearing this yep. because, of course, now there's more influence yep. and, and more dedication to the right of the player yep. more than it is just what you say. Yep. So did you feel like what, what were you trying to overcome by saying that you're seeing some things? What was some of the struggles that you were thinking of at that time? Um, I'm Well, kind of take a step backwards that uh, my senior I uh I end up twisting my ankle um against Omaha Gross in the exhibition game. So I didn't play that first our first game of the year and we end up losing. I think we were preseason number two or three at the time. And I didn't play that first game. We end up dropping that first game. And I was like, there's no way, you know, I'm I'm gonna miss my first game and my last game of my senior year. There's there's no way. So I, I did anything I could, put a little bit of Epsom salt and that was it. That was that. I think you I mean, still come out and drop double figures. Yeah, right? uh huh. Yeah, we double figures. Even oh, man, I, I have nightmares <laughs> about that game still to this day. I'm like, man. And, and a lot of our, you know, guys who played at Central, um, those, you know, friends growing up, and I'm like, we still talk about this to, still to the, still today. So yeah. see, and that's what I like to hear is, and a lot of our stories is, uh, trying to bring, you know, local, athletes, coaches, players recruiters, people that see the game at a whole different level, but also know some of the struggles, yep. some of the things that you had to overcome, obviously thinking of your senior year. And I only say it because my daughter's going through it now. What was it like uh, mentally? What was some of the challenges there? Because, um, you know, there's a thing called FOM or, mm-hmm. or yeah, fear of missing out, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to miss those opportunities, right. especially if you're trying to play at the next mm-hmm. level. What was um, mentally, some, you know, so, uh, mentally it was, I mean, it was just the guys that you grew up with, um, you know, playing AAU stuff and then being able to play it on that big of a stage at the time. I mean, I just, I couldn't think of a reason why not to play, you know? So and when you speak of AAU from when you play mm-hmm. to now, what is one of the biggest things that you, besides the cost? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that too. Um, social media, God, I mean. I mean, as far as, you know, a couple of retweets here, a couple of shares here, I mean, you know, a quick little clip, you know, no, not discrediting, you know, the talent now. I mean, it's crazy on, you know, even 10 years removed, but I mean, I think AAU was, was, you know, social media for sure. If we, I think if we had some social media, a couple of guys that we grew up with would be, you know, playing on the big stage as well. So social media was a great resource 
that I wish we would have had. I know my sophomore year of high school, um, Huddle just came out. Um, so so that was pretty good for us as well. I know Coach Cannon had a bunch of different VCRs and DVDs, you know, things like that. So the resources for sure on, on social media is, is really big this year. And, of course, when you were covering the sports back when he was playing, what was some of the things? Was it easier to get into facilities? Was it harder now? What What's the difference between then and now? I do think it was easier to get into facilities. Um, you know, of course, the backlash, not the backlash, but the um, some of the negative aspects of social media that it, it's a positive now for somebody like myself because kids want exposure, right? So you're trying to get their name out there. Um, you're trying to give them give them a name, give them a voice and let them be seen which is a lot easier now than it was back then. Um, so, you know, I think coach Gully does a great job of it. He's on social media, you know, that pretty consistently, mm-hmm. um, I try to, yeah. you know, and these young kids, they, they use these platforms um, in a, in a pretty positive way, you know, making sure their profiles are right. Um, they have contact information. Those things are important. For kids now, now, Brian, you run a facility where you see kids in and out, obviously, some of them try to share videos when they're at your facility of, of achievements. Is there any talk that you do at your level to the kids to make them understand what they're really showing and what should be shown? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a lot of good things and negative things that come with social media, but I mean, the, the best thing is just being able to connect with coaches across the country. I mean, if you want to play and at a higher level, you know, college baseball, I'm sure basketball, yeah. There's probably a home out there for you. It's just a matter of getting seen by the right person at the right time. So, you know, I mean, you can go to someone's profile and see like a complete history of everything they've done. You know, here's what they looked like their freshman year, sophomore year. Here's the, you know, them making progress year over year. So, you know, your your social media really can give you a, a good history of the player and what their character's like and what they're doing outside of basketball or baseball as well. But with that too, it can lead to a little trickery by some people. So sometimes the kids can see profiles of people reaching out to them that, that aren't necessarily legit, legitimate. So they have to be careful of that as well. So that's one of the negatives. Yeah. There are a lot of positives with connectivity. I, I tell people it's your ticket to get in, yeah. right? Absolutely. Like it's your ticket to get Absolutely. seen and, yep. and get in. And then, you know, once you're in, you know, then a coach can come look at mm-hmm. you and obviously they're going to, they're going to come watch you at some time, right. but you know, you doing certain things, showing certain things and get you into the party for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. Yep. So of course we got coach coming up through his own school after school, what's your next plan? Because I know it wasn't just coming right back to where you are today. Yeah. Um, yeah. To be honest, you know, I'm just enjoying every moment. I, I can't complain. Uh, you know, I, I can't even look in the future just where I'm at right now. Um, obviously, you know, I, I do want to take a step up eventually. But right now, I'm just enjoying the moment, especially, you know, this is where know i grew up and this you know i grew up in bellevue or in omaha south omaha so which is you know a little bit you know south of of harrison but you know i'm just enjoying the moment right now so awesome and then of course i know i saw you doing a little bit of refereeing so Mm -hmm. before you get into the coaching (laughs) part before we get into that and i only ask it because obviously brian you're a sports guy who sees umpires inconsistency being a guy who loves the game refs the game and you have these parents behind you. How are you able to overcome some of those? Uh, man, I love it. Uh, I mean, it's just another challenge um, for me and also just being somewhere where I can impact the game in, in any which way. Rather be, you know, um, doing book, rather be doing clock, rather be in 
you know, coaching, playing, anything like that, you know, and, and when I graduated college, you know, I, I didn't know if I wanted to coach at all. So, but I knew I wanted to be a part of the game and, you know, I, I started refing and I thought that was a pretty good challenge, but you know, you do get some crazy parents at eight in the morning at a third grade game. That's, <laughs> that's on your neck for sure. But you know, you know, I, I like that challenge, you know, and I try my best to try to help the kids out a little bit. And, and it's kind of funny too, of the people who ref our games while I'm coaching. Now I'm their partner, you know, that morning. And, you know, there's times like, you know, gee, yeah. you was kind of talking to me a little crazy. See, and that's, that's what I try to make and sure people understand. I was like, no, understand. I don't need to. I, you know, I'm trying to coach with some passion. It wasn't directly towards you, but, you know, I try my best to be respectful as possible and also try to set a, a good example for my players, you know, but at the same time, you know, being, being one of the bad guys with the refs is definitely eye-opening at 8 in the morning for sure. And, and then for you, David, of course, you see the referees, you see possibly some inconsistency. Being someone that, that looks at the recruits, is a judgment for you based on how a kid reacts and how they can overcome that challenge? You know, I, I me personally, I would say no for me. Um, I mean, obviously, there are the actions that people can take that get, that are overboard. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't but, you want to, like, paint that picture kind of for a coach? I mean, if you're really trying to give the details is, I think, I mean, I know one thing when I ref is I love when coaches, and I've refed all the way up to eighth grade, like mm -hmm. the, the, the gold division. Of course, you're running your butt off. Mm -hmm. But I love that the coaches that are the ones that go, you've got to adjust just because yep. it wasn't yep. called on the last right. ref. So seeing how these kids can mentally break down, yep. I just didn't know if recruiting, if that takes a fact. And the only reason I say it is because if I'm looking at your review, I'm going to go, okay, is there anything that can kind of tell me this is a kid that would fit my flavor, my yeah, style? Right, or am I the coach that's up the, the yep. ref's butt yep. and I don't care what my kid yep. does? Like, right. you know, just some of that aspect. Yeah, I think some of it depends, right? So, you know, I think at least one thing I've learned from being a scout is – interaction with the coach can tell you a lot about a player because they they can they can tell you about the character more than what the game can on the court sometimes because right. when you get as you probably both know when when you're in the midst of a com competition sometimes it's easy to lose your head right and I, you know interacting with the coaches is very important because um like you know first time i spoke with with gully i met with him on lamb kuani and what you could tell and what I, one of the things i really liked about the coach was he's invested in giving back to the kids and the game um, so when he talked about Lamb, it wasn't just about his game. Lamb at the time was second in state in scoring, had no offers, and he was committed to trying to work with him to get those offers. And then not only that, he was talking to me about what he's doing in the classroom. You know, I don't know if a lot of people know, but uh, Goalie himself was an academic yep. All-American, uh, at least All-State, uh -huh. right? Yep. And even at the NAI yep. level when he played. Mm -hmm. So those things, you know, players can be reflections of the coach. You know, so when you look at programs, I think a lot of, those character things that you're kind of discussing happen. I learn more about the player through communications with those coaches. Gotcha. And then of course, when we look through the college, how did that experience go? What's some things that you took from your college? Where did you go? And yep. what was some things that you took to uh, the next level? Um, you know, I, I went to Midland, uh, played under coach Eisner and uh, coach Lowick at the time graduating in 2015. Um, I mean, but, things that I took away from you got to be committed for sure. <laughs> I mean, there's times where I'm calling my mom. I'm like, yo mom, coach Eisner is completely different from coach Cannon. Um, but you know, it, 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 it kind of challenges your mental and, 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 you know, 
got to kind of look in the mirror and say, hey, is this really for you? Is this really what you want? If you want to do it, take that challenge. And, and what can you do to be better? You know, what what are you doing, um, you know, be that's causing Coach Eisner to yell at you being on your tail the most times. So. Well, and I like that. So we've all played some sports. We've all been some. Where do you think is a good age, Brian, especially now you're coaching your son, that you feel is the age that the expectation should start raising to – Get them closer to college. Because mm-hmm. like you said, seeing what Coach Cannon did, great yep. coach, yep. historical coach yep. in the area, yep. but then to compare it to just the NAIA, mm-hmm. what's some things that you're noticing and when do you think is going to be a good time to tighten that belt down? I think junior high probably is is a good age. Um, you know, kind of right before you get into high school is usually we see kids are growing differently. Um, but man, I mean, even there's some kids that are younger, I would say, that – my nine-year-old right now, all he wants to do is baseball. He's already talking about playing college and stuff. So I think it varies per kid, but you know, I think mostly probably when you say junior high Mm -hmm. is, is we can start, you know, seeing kids get a little bit more competitive bodies changing all that stuff. They, they get after a little bit more. Well, and he mentioned, you know, obviously being from OPS, I coached at Omaha South. Some of the things that I, I feel that he's talking about is just sometimes it's hard for a coach to have a higher expectation at these schools where the numbers just aren't there. You're not the Bellevue West where you're yeah. cutting 22. I mean, you're hoping to keep yeah. all 32 right. and have three competitive, uh, competable teams. Right. When you look at that, do you feel like is that a, a disservice by a coach or do you feel like sometimes they have to adapt to the atmosphere that's around them? Um, I think it's more of an adapt, but, you know, I was kind of raised on from my parents and, you know, my coaches and the people who mentored me. I mean, whatever you do, you, you always want to be the best. It's going to be honest. I mean, no matter where you're at, no matter if you're freaking anywhere, you know, I mean, you, you want to compete with those guys. You want to put your name up there. You want to be on in that same sentence um, with those top teams. So, you know, I tell our guys, you know, hey, you know, you came to Brian, you trust me, and let's make a path for it for yourselves and, and, and let's get this get this completed well and before we get into the high school part where he's coaching at the high school Omar Brian let's talk to Amari Bynum here as he talks a little bit about his AU experience and how it rolls into the high school my name is Amir Martin I go to Brian High I play point guard shooting guard and I go to I play for ECG AU basketball has brought a lot of new connections to me the opportunity to travel all across the world, opportunity to play with a lot of people, that's really good. Um, the level of playing, very high. A little different from high school, regular high school basketball. One thing I learned from Coach Gully is to believe in myself. All right, so he talked a little bit about how you compare and how some things is easier, better. What is your comparison, self-comparison, when you look at the AAU coaches that your kids are having to uh-huh. work with? My comparison towards the AU coaches. Yeah. Um, there's really, I mean, there is a little bit of comparison, but I think the guy, all of the guys who are playing AAU, we all have that one goal is, you know, to have our guys do the best that they can do. Um, always compete at, at a high level, no matter what level you're playing at. Um, so there's really no, you know, this coach said this and, you know, Coach Gully said this. I mean, we all have one specific goal, and I trust every program that my there's really no AAU program that I'm trying to funnel any guys in, um, even though I did coach at Team Factory, you know, at one point of time. But for the most part, I trust a lot of the programs that are out here. And I'm glad that there's a little bit more AAU programs when I was in 
you know, when I was in high school, I think when I was in high school, we just had the the OSA Crusaders at the time, and then um, Nebraska Bison, um, for the most part, was I think was the two top traveling teams at the time. You know, so. And when you talk about AA, AAU base or basketball, sorry, think about baseball here, Brian. Mm-hmm. When you're looking, I mean, you see big names like the Nebraska prospects. The, is AAU starting to overtake any of the select part of it, or do you feel it's a little give and take on the baseball side? On, ba- I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's one travel club in in town. It's Nebraska Prospects. Okay. Um, I guess it's a little unique though in the baseball world because we still have Legion Baseball. Um, you know, I mean, Nebraska Prospects does a great job of getting kids out there traveling. You know, probably similar to what your top AAU programs do. But then Legion Baseball honestly is is doing a great job. And are like just as good as the prospects in a lot of areas, getting kids like to just different areas, a part gotcha. of the country and getting them to college too. So a little bit different in the baseball world. I think they use a little bit. But you mentioned more. one thing that I really like is you mentioned the Legion ball, right? So that gives the players who might not be the prospect style, gives them a little more playing time. Has the summer league for high school basketball taken any kind of hit because the AAU trail is picking up? Or do you think it gives you more time to concentrate on the players that you want to be there for you mm-hmm. and, and for that team? And I'm not saying the yeah. players that play at AAU uh-huh. don't want to be at Bryant. Right. But the opportunities might not ar- arise uh-huh. for the other players. Um, not really, because um, I know the AAU circuit, we have kind of that pause in June. Um, so that's where we have all of our summer leagues. Um, you know, we got a couple showcases this summer. Um, just all in the month of June. I know April and May, we just, you know, a lot of running and lifting and things like that. So, but there are times to where if a kid did not get picked up by a, a, a you know, a top AAU program, um, you know, we're working out or something of some sort. So. Well, and while we talk a little bit more about AAU programs and what the opportunities are, we have Amir Martin here. He plays AAU basketball along with for Coach Goalie over at Omaha. Brian? Oh, my name is Amari Bino. I go to Brian High. I put, the position I play is power forward. And I, uh, I play for Moken Elite. My AU team, what helps me, is uh, being more vocal on the court, um, being more confident when I have the ball, and um, being more loud, being more vocal on defense. Um, to be more of a leader this year and be more confident. All right, so you've given us two players. Talk a good amount between AU and high school. You grew up around it. Sometimes there's the, uh, should they go? Should they stay? How do you feel your guidance to each player goes when it becomes where they should go or what they should be looking for? Um, Cause you would want someone to compare to you, right? Yeah, or someone for sure, that for sure. Um, I would just say, go somewhere where you feel valued, um, go somewhere where, you know, not always have the biggest role, but where you think that you can grow to whatever you learned or whoever you're going to play with or for that you bring that back to the high school level. Um, I know, you know, when they are playing AAU, they're playing against people all over the country. So, I mean, you're going to have to elevate your game. You know, you're, you're playing against guys that possibly you never heard of, or you're playing against guys that has, you know, 1.5 million followers on Instagram, you know? So I'm just, you know, so well, you I'm never surprised. know. Yeah, you you know? never know. Yeah. So, so I'm saying, Hey man, you, you know, you compete, you, you get the most of, of any opportunity that you can and bring that back, you know, and, and kind of tell your story and, and, you know, 
how you elevate your game on the circuit. I'm going to need you to elevate your game when we play against local teams. So tell us more about the competition level, like the quality of like high school teams around mm-hmm. here and then the the competition they're playing at like these AAU mm-hmm. events. Um, I mean, it's kind of neck and neck, uh, but you know, as far as Nebraska, I think Nebraska is very underrated, um, underappreciated from a lot of people who, who is not from Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, but we have, I mean, it's, it's crazy of the teams that we're putting together from different high schools. And now they're playing against guys who, you know, are potentially, you know, five-star guys, yeah. five-star athletes. Multiple I offers. mean, yes, you're playing against guys who are six, nine point guards with a full beard yeah. and, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the talent in, in the world is crazy, but the, but the, the AAU is kind of a tier, yep, right? So uh-huh. you got your shoe circuits and yep. there's multiple of them. Yep. And then there's even just your national, like mm-hmm. OSA has a national team. Yep. So they kind of put different players in different positions based on skill levels, um, along with, uh, you know, what type of exposure they believe. Mari's playing for Mocan, mm-hmm. which is huge. Yep. Um, and then we have our local ETG, which is our own top shoe circuit type team around here that'll be playing come the 24th 25th yep. over at iowa west yep. um they and mamir martin's playing for them mm-hmm. so they have all those different levels that kind of speak to where their skill sets at yep. um so that's a, a definitely a positive thing nebraska's done mm-hmm. in comparison to baseball you talk about baseball they only have the prospects yep. Yep. now they're layering these basketball prospects and the talent that that we have is coming with it I think it's creating more opportunity for these guys, the need and the want to be better. Well, and when you talk of these AU programs and, and prospects, what is the worry of with open enrollment and kids going to a different good question, um, a different school just because the summer felt better and it felt different? How do you counteract those things? You're already at a numbers issue. And I don't mean it as a bad thing. It's just OPS, a few schools that are at a number issue. How do you overcome that? Um, you know, I, I, I keep it pretty much upfront with them. You know, we built that rapport. Um, you know, we make them feel welcomed. Um, we, we make this, you know, up at Bryan. It's, it's kind of family oriented. Um, you know, I know my wife is up there. She, you know, she's an academic um, lady for us on top of, you know, feeding them and, you know, our guys love food. So, I mean, but you know, <laughs> food it, can, yeah, uh-huh, food yep. can keep them a little longer. Yep. So, but it's, but it's the little things and, and letting them know that, you know, Hey, you know, this is, this is where I think that you can grow and you can and blossom at and, and you know, want to keep you, you know, and I try to let our kids know if they ever want to leave, you know, I don't want them to feel awkward and I know they're trying to make the best decision for them. At the same time, I want them to know that, you know, I'm be honest, I'm biased, but there ain't no place like Brian. I mean, it's a, it's a small town. I mean, it's out the way and, you know, you know it's family oriented. You know, we're here to, you know, create guys with play with a chip on their shoulder and, and something to prove. Have a little grind. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking for yourself, as far as what, what's your favorite parts of coverage? Is it some of the because AU is kind of a showcase where it's not a lot of team basketball. I mean, you find some teams that know how to play together, but you do find the other teams where it is. Let's show and see what I can do and make yourself. What do you have? Do you have, do you like the high school rankings over the AAU? Yeah, I, I think I prefer the high school scene more, a little more than the AAU. Um, you know, ultimately for me, it's, a, it's always been about, you know, I started doing this more a year and a half ago because, um, you know, it's not my nine to five. 
it's just a simple passion for wanting to help kids. You know, I don't necessarily get paid a lot of money to do this. So it's really about trying to help them build that platform and and show showcase Nebraska talent because beyond basketball, any opportunity to get kids a free education, I'm going to sign up for it. And I'm going to try to do my most to help them get that. Um, so that's really my, I think that what I enjoy most, whether it's at high school or AAU, I enjoy being in high school stands a little more than the AAU stands. <laughs> They're a little more comfortable, but um, you know, I think, uh, I think that's probably what I enjoy the most. Do you, do you find money's an issue obviously for certain families? Do you find more AAU programs working with the families than you find where a kid goes, you know, coach, I really want to play. I just can't. I mean, have you experienced that in your program? Um, I experienced that. Um, you know, I, I know a, a, a lot of coaches that I'm um, that I communicate with on the AAU. That, you know, they always tell me that we don't want money to be an issue on why a kid can't, you know, experience that opportunity or playing at the next level or you know playing at that elite competition. So, and then Brian, of course, you know, you're seeing all this stuff as your kids are getting closer and closer and closer. What's some of the things that you really enjoy with the program that you're running through and some of the things that you're like, okay, they're doing it a little different, but I can pull it in for the AAU and, and help your team. Yeah. I mean, the, as far as the, the program that I see is, you know, just creating better people, not just necessarily the athletes and yeah. um, you know, the, the athlete is, is second to the character, yep. right. And, and building up athletes and, um, you know, I see so many good people like basketball coaches. We've had two or three now that, that I've been a part of and just listening to them and talking about the family, creating this, like really inspiring. And, and, you know, I think the money thing, especially for probably the, the pool that you're pulling in from, from basketball is just probably a little bit more unique as well. Yeah. Um, no, that's great that you guys mm-hmm. kind of help those people yes. out. What does like an AU program cost a family? Like what? There's, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's some programs I know that's costing like 1400 um, and they travel, you know, from Kansas City to Des Moines to Omaha. Um, I know some that are charging right around seventeen hundred. Yeah. I mean, now this isn't counting the twenty bucks per day. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and, and you got to think about it, where you know, there's parents that are paying, you know, the the, the entry fee to the tournaments, and then they got four or five. Why they got to keep getting and, us on the Friday, Saturday, and you know, Sunday and, with no deal, yeah, man? Yeah, so. Yeah, I, that can get really. And then the concession stands, and even when I'm refing, I see one kid having nachos and Doritos and and candy. And no coolers. No, those. no coolers. Right. I mean, they're there all day. Then they go from UBT to Iowa Fieldhouse, and they got to pay another entry. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm glad that you kind of you you rose to another talk there. You rose about consumption. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, what a high school kid can consume yep. compared to what we can consume now is night and day. Mm-hmm. What's some of the guidance you can say and you can, you know, you advise? The only reason I say this is we had uh, back last year, we had power lifters on. Mm-hmm. And we we thought nutrition would be like high and like talking all this protein. But he is from an OPS school. So we understood that in their budget, you got to be careful how you talk. How mm-hmm. does the nutrition part go amongst your team? Uh, my team, okay. <laughs> well, what's the yeah. wife cooking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, I mean, she's always like, "Hey, what do you want the guys to eat before games?" Um, 
you know, we'll, there's times that, you know, we'll try to get snacks. Um, you know, we'll get like granola bars in the morning and things like that. But I think our biggest weakness is there's a gas station that's right across the street from <laughs> Brian. crispy chicken yep. or something uh, yes. I heard about. Yep. I so, heard about it. Yep. So they go across the street with hot Cheetos and Kool-Aid and Gatorades and all that stuff. So, I mean, it, it's kind of up and down. It's kind of up and down. Though. So with you being a recruiting type and, and promoting the kids, What's one of the kids that you've talked to for goalie that you've seen, not just for one year, but now going on and moving on to where they're at today? You mean at the, at the next level? And it could be at the next level okay. or even just a junior to a senior or someone yeah. that you've seen grow from some of the things that he's coached. Um, you know, I think even his, his, so his top two players right now, arguably, but statistically we'll say mm-hmm. are Amir and um, Amari. So even those two, you can see the growth within the individuals. We were talking beforehand. I was telling them how surprised I was that Amari led the team in every single category except for steals. He even led in three-point percentage as a 6'9 big man that primarily could be perceived as more of a post player. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the growth in his game from one year to the next. So even as a freshman, um, you got a gentleman like – one guy that really impressed me last year was Elijah McCullough. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought – you know, I I didn't – I seen him in the games. I loved his hustle. But then last year, we even had him at an event, and I was enamored by the way that he carried himself and the handles and the confidence that he had. Um, so I, I, I feel like that was probably some of the coach because um, I think that's the way he probably played. Mm-hmm. So that kind of rubbed off on Elijah because I didn't the year before I didn't see that conf- some not a lot of that confidence like he had last year where he was more of attack mode, you know, being like your fourth leading yep. scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I think those guys, you got Matt Tut, who's going to be moving on as yep. well. Um, I think he took from not just a basketball skill, but a, a leadership. Role. Yep. There was a lot of development from his junior to his senior year and how he was a leader on that team. So multiple ways. And I think that is the benefit of a good coach is that they can see that in each individual and what they need to work on and, and kind of continue to build on that. Um, as long as you're invested yep. in them. Yep, that's what he does well. You know, and what I love about this is he he's not getting paid to say this about mm-hmm. a coach. Nah. There's nothing there. There's nothing behind it, but just the actual recruiting part and seeing it when you hear it and you reflect on what you've done up to this point. Mm-hmm. What are those kind of words and how does it feel like your program's heading? It, it's rewarding. Um, It's rewarding because, you know, he I mean, there there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't see, you know, behind the scenes, as far as, you know, the blood, sweat and tears, you know, them coming early in the morning, them putting in the work. And yeah, I can say, you know, as much as I want, I can come up with the great speeches. I can YouTube some stuff, you know, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, they meet us in the middle and, and it's, it's a 50, 50 thing. It's a two way street. You know what I tell my guys, you know, I can say whatever I want, but at the end of the day, you guys are wearing the jerseys. You guys are, performing and at the same time you know how much work you want to put in and you know the results show you know well and i'm going to ask both of you real Mm -hmm. quick just because you're coaches brian if you think of some situations what has been so far your best way to change the atmosphere of your team from brian southworth yeah i mean i think you got to come from a place of love first Mm -hmm. you know it's uh the the athlete sometimes is, is second to the person, right? If you can inspire a person, build a trusting relationship with them, you know, I think those people are more willing to do anything for you, you know, and you build that trust. And so when you're giving them negative feedback, because I think coaches, 
we usually give a lot more negative feedback than positive feedback Should've just from a nature. Been, you know, yep. we just see something that we want to make better and that's usually what we're communicating. Yep. So, you know, if you have that, that trusting relationship and you're coming from a place of love, I think mm -hmm. there's a lot more willing to make yep. those changes and, you know, go to bat for you and, and compete for you too. Mm -hmm. So I think that's usually what, what I like to do and have a good relationship yep. with players. And, and Billy, for you, what is some of the things, if you think of that, his, obviously he's got a lot of the same words. If you think of it, What's some that you've used to overcome some of those that might not have that same connection as mm -hmm. some of your top players? Um, I mean, I, I would say the same thing, um, but but I'll put a word right before love is tough love. Um, you know, I, I let them know that, hey, I'm the same coach, you know, that I pat you on the back when I feel like you're performing, but I'm the same coach to, to get on your neck when I feel like you ain't performing to the best on and off the court, you know, rather how you carry yourself in the classroom, how you carry yourself in the hallways. I mean, you know, I let people know that, hey, man, you are the top 15 of this high school, um, top 15 guys of this high school representing this high school. So, you know, all eyes are on you. And we kind of piggyback off the social media thing that, you know, a lot of people are watching you. The the, the things that a, somebody who's just walking the hallways who are, aren't involved in anything can get away with something that you can't get away with. So you always got to, you know, hold yourself to a higher expectation. So. You brought up the hallway. Mm-hmm. How do you get them over the negative hallway um, for losses, for you're not in the championship yeah. game, you're not this team? Um, I, I just I just tell them, you know, we, uh, my wife tells me this all the time, um, but I just tell them, don't take criticism from somebody you don't get, take advice from or you don't ask advice from. So, you know, if people are in the hallway kind of giving you crap, you know, kind of ignore it and kind of use that as motivation. But for the most part, you know, the people that are in our hallway is always encouraging, you know, they might talk us a little stuff here and there, but for the most part, it's like, yo, Amir, yo, Amari, I, I need you to see, I need to see you guys down in Lincoln next year, you know, and I feel like, you know, that's the film, that's the, you know, the family that we, you know, kind of grew up with at Bryan High School. I mean, you know, you see our basketball guys at soccer games, you see them at volleyball games, and then it's vice versa, so. I think that's the big key point mm -hmm. that you made was the support of yep. cross sports, yep. being able to just hang out yep. and be mm -hmm. brothers yep. on and off the court. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's so hard nowadays because everything is so fast mm -hmm. phones, yep. get home. Yep. You're barely home for an hour. You might have enough time to eat. You might have enough mm -hmm. time to do one work. Those are the moments that hopefully they'll remember mm -hmm. forever. If you look back at some of the coaches that you've been around and, and you think of can coach cannon, What's some of the things that Coach Cannon does that you see kind of going for Coach Goalie? I think it's the, I think it's the same. It's the investment in the individual. I think that's uh, you know I I had the pleasure of interviewing and talking to Coach Cannon a couple of times, um, you know, and I think what what you constantly see from him is his understanding of each individual. So I'll give you an example. So one time I went to a practice. It was I was going to talk to David Harmon after, and it, we were we were just kind of chatting, and then Neil Mosser comes up and and he was talking to me and then all of a sudden he's like, Hey, Neil, don't go partying tonight over at this person's house and so on, you know, and Neil's just like laughing, you know, and just that personal investment, yep. you know, and I think that's the same thing that gully does is it's, it's not just a matter of, of giving back to the game. It's giving back to the person and trying to make them better and unique individuals. Um, no, I, I like that because I mean, you're thinking of the legacy of Canon. Yep. I mean, that that's constantly a word that thrown out. What's going to be the legacy of goalie? What's going to be different about you that maybe you didn't get when you were in high school? Mm -hmm. um, about me is just 
you know, once I leave and, and set that imprint there, I want them to know that not only am I getting getting some dubs here, you know, that's kind of the ending goal. But, you know, he he left the imprint on students. Um, there's times to where, you know, if I'm absent from school or I took a day off because, you know, my kids are sick, you know, everybody knows that I'm gone. You know, I, I kind of want to set that imprint, you know, to let people know that you know, I'm here for a long time. And, I, and I'm not moving. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get you guys out on this. NIL is huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. Transfer portal. Yep. Huge. Mm-hmm. How do you have these talks? You're dealing with high school players. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're more trying to pump them up, but you still have to have a little bit of knowledge of opportunities that could be a downfall over their actual goal. How, what do you, what's some things that you see on the transfer portal, NIL? I don't even know if I can really comment too much on it. You know, I think the one good, maybe the good thing with, with uh, the OPS, you know, in general now is the open enrollment Mm -hmm. is that believe it or not, they have their own version of a transfer portal that goes on. Now Mm -hmm. you see these big schools pulling from, uh, I don't know if, if Ms. Coach Gully's had the opportunity to have luxury of the Bellevue West and Millard Norris and these that just kind of pick from a litter of Mm -hmm. kids on occasion. But, you know, I think he's building toward that way. So I do think that, for me, what I'm seeing, in at least internally, is that that at least is giving them the idea or the ability to kind of experience some of that uh, ability to kind of choose. Um, and hopefully that will lead to college. As far as the money goes, you know, I can't say that I've talked too much to in, too many individuals. Um, you know, so I, I would have to defer maybe to see if Coach has any. Um, I'm still learning the NIL deal for sure. Um, I know the transfer part. I mean, you know, we we picked up a couple of transfers um, as well, and I mean, it's it, it's insane right May now. May first is a yep, big day. Yep, May first is a big day <laughs> because after May first, they have to set the ninety day rule. Yep. Um, so gotcha. if, you know, so if transfers come in right right away, I mean, they can play, play right as long as they're in before May first. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now let's go on the back side of transfers. Mm-hmm. Does it ever reflect something negative? Is it a quick out? Sometimes I feel sometimes we don't paint the picture that because, I mean, it's well known. Mm-hmm. If there was a transfer portal in the 90s, we would have never seen three national championships for the Huskers. Yeah. Just plain and simple. Probably wouldn't have. Because the fourth and fifth strings that ended up being first strings yeah. left. I mean, right. DB says it all the time. One of her dad's sports own. Yep. He says it all the time. They would have left. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel when you think of the transfer portal? And how do you try not – Try to make them understand that it mm-hmm. isn't just quick and easy. Right. The 90 um, days don't hold them yep, up. Yep, for sure. Um, I think there's good and bad. Um, I, I try to go into the impression of they're making a decision that's best for them. Um, I never want them to, you know, ever feel bad for whatever decision that they make, whether it be their decision or a parent's decision, um, things like that. But then also, you know, I, I try to put into perspective that, you know, we have a lot of coaches that are up and leaving. Um, so, you know, if, if coaches are able to do that and you know, players, I feel like can do that. If, if it benefits them, you know, I always try to go so far as, you know, that parent or that player is trying to do something that's best for them at the end of the day. What's the inside part of that look like? So not, not mm-hmm. people leaving your team, yep. but what about the people that are, looking to come to your team like do you do you put your eye on something um, and say well, i like to run into him um i was wondering where we're gonna <laughs> yeah, talk yeah, about. yeah 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 um th- there there are times where we're like gosh you know I, I think that kid's good um but 
at the same time, you know, if parents do hit me up, um, I, al- I always, always, always not. And I'm not saying this just on camera, but I always <laughs> notify them. Does your head coach know? Because wow. I would hate for somebody to do that to me. Even my very first year, as soon as I took the job, um, you know, at Brian in April of 2021, you know, there's a parent that hit me up and I and automatically I said, yes, I want to win. I'm not stupid because I really want you and I know how good your kid is. But does your head coach know? You know, and if they didn't know, then I'd be like, hey, before did that you- catch him off guard? Did yeah, they, did a little. They- yep. They, it did catch him off guard. And they was like, oh, shoot, you know, um. No, you're trying to be respectful. You're trying to do it the right way because me being an assistant coach um, under Coach T.O., um, I heard and saw, not necessarily towards him, but I heard and saw other programs like, hey, man, this coach is still my kids. Hey, man. And I never wanted to be that type of person. I'm just going to be flat honest. Do I want to win? You know, heck yeah, I want to win. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, and, and there are some kids, I'm like, gosh, yeah, he'd be really good here at Bryan, and I feel like he'd blossom. But at the end of the day, I always want to say, hey, does your head coach know? Is your head coach cool with it? Whatever the case may be, I know you're trying to make a decision that's best for you and your family. But, you know, at the same time, I, definitely want to win but I, I never want to you know try to pull out the rug from them. that's the best part about yeah. it being honest mm-hmm. being real being up right. front brian lastly here if you think of your nine u team how would you uh use transfer for how would you uh, guide your kids and parents how does that go for you well, yeah, it's not think, a transfer portal, but you know, it's the yeah, same thing. I right. want to go to uh, the Storm Chasers. Yep. I want to go to this team. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was just having this conversation with another coach, and uh, he was like asking me, he's like, man, like when I see your team, like you guys are so close and connected and all your parents are bought in, like what do you do? And, you know, I think it's just finding the right families and letting them know that like, hey, if if we're not a good fit for you, it's, you know, I'm not going to be hurt by it. Like if you want to go explore other teams, like, let me know and I'll go help you find a, like yeah. a good home. Yep. That's a good fit for you. And you know, I've, we've done that with a couple kids and I think, you know, family see that as like, Hey, this isn't the best situation for me because I want to play this position a lot. And I got three kids at that position. So let's go find you a team with a good coach that has that, maybe that mm-hmm. need on their team. Um, in, in that. So I think it's just, just different. Well, once again, that's another wired access podcast with her productions. Once again, just getting a little inside of head coaches, a recruiter, another head coach all the way down to 9U. Yes, you might have a kid all the way in high school. You might have a kid in middle school. Just remember, there's information out there. Once again, David Gardner, a high school recruit uh, recruiter. Um, we have Mr. Omaha Brian, head coach goalie. And then we have Brian Southworth, and I'm DJ K-Dub Omaha. Thank you. Heard at Sports Network Production.